0: Hello everyone. Welcome to Narrative Calculus, the podcast show where we review everything from TV, books, movies, and everything in re- everything in between. My name is Ty. I'm a wannabe writer, and this is
1: Jonathan, a filmmaker.
0: In case you haven't noticed, um, today is pretty unusual for a number of reasons. First of all, for some through some strange twist of fate, I'm the one doing the introduction, which is just. By the way, tell us who does it better. Yeah, how about you? Don't. Um, <laughs> and second of all, it's summer. Um, for most the first people, day of
1: summer, more specifically,
0: first day. Yeah. Uh, for most people, that means vacation and pool party and sitting under a tree. In the backyard next year, brother. But for us, that means recording more podcast episodes so we can continue to feed the monster that has become our audience.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just t- went there. Sue me. <laughs> and today, we're doing a very special episode, not only because Ty's introducing, but the first day of summer. Y'all know what that means. There's 104 days of it. And we got to figure out what to do. We're recording a podcast episode, Phineas and Ferb. Yeah, and the and the crowd exhales loudly through their mouths. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> yes, Phineas and Ferb, one of the greatest kids television shows of all time, that has struck the hearts of millions of people all around the globe to name their children Phineas and Ferb. Um, someone probably has done that. More specifically, though, we aren't actually reviewing the TV show, as that would be a very, very big commitment. Not that I don't love the show, but today we're going to be reviewing the TV special they had in 2011, Denise and Ferb Across the Second Dimension. Yeah. This TV movie, I guess, was directed by Robert Hughes and written by John Colton Berry, Dan Povenair and Jeff Jeff Swampy Marsh. I just feel like, you know, the um you gotta get the writers in there when it's a television show. At least an animated one. Um the cast and crew include Vincent Martella as Phineas, Ashley Tisdale. <gasps> no way, that's Ashley Tisdale. I never knew that.
0: Who's Ashley Tisdale?
1: She's 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 the one um she's uh She's the blonde girl in um, High School Musical. I never recognized that. Okay. Wow. That's cool. Okay. Thomas Brody Sangster is Ferb Fletcher. Caroline Ria is Linda Fletcher. Richard O'Brien is Lawrence Fletcher. And there's a couple more. Yeah, but that that's that's the main casting crew for now, folks.
0: The film premiere actually averaged 7.6 million viewers, making it one of the highest-rated animated programs on cable in more than three years.
1: It was released under the Disney banner, as you all know. It's a Disney Channel original show. And if you haven't seen it, or if you don't remember it, I'll write it down for you. So, as you know, their beloved characters, Phineas and Ferb, are absolutely enamored by their pet, Perry, Perry the platypus, the the greatest pet ever, who doesn't really do a whole lot. He's just through a platypus. Shenan- he
0: doesn't really do much.
1: Yeah, through a series of shenanigans, Vinny and accidentally crash into the building of Doofenshmirtz Evil Incorporated, hashtag Disney don't sue us. and um, they help him um, after crashing into his invention to create a uh, other dimensionator.
0: What yeah, a highly I mean, original
1: name. I mean like, yeah, I know. Um, Perry, who obviously can't show the boys his secret identity or else he can never meet them again, attempts to stop them from helping him with this, but they eventually um, he can't quite get through. And he tries to, to the... stop
0: them by peeing on a couch, so you can tell that yeah. he uh,
1: he wasn't going hey, to his you, utmost effectiveness. You effect peed on miss. my couch; that was a conscious decision. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then the um. By the way, this movie's hilarious. This movie's so funny. Um, and so the boys they go into the into another dimension where Doctor Doofenshmirtz is supreme leader. Yeah, didn't see that coming, but he's extremely powerful here. And um, he event he meets um, our doctor Doofenshmirtz, <coughs> and event and when when he sees Perry, he says, "Whoa, you brought Perry the platypus here!" And um, at first they don't know it's he's a spy, and then they figure it out. And then there's some there's some um, a bit, a lot of tension between Phineas and Perry between his secret identity and. They eventually can't, they can't, um, they're not able to return to their, say, uh, to their own dimension due to their, um, dimensionator remote not functioning. So they go enlist the help of their fellow selves in the other dimension and are eventually able to get back. I just skipped a ton there, but I'm just, yeah, this is just very bare. They're eventually able to get back and then... Dr. Doofenshmirtz, uh, um, the evil one, well, they're both evil, the one from the second dimension, brings um, his whole army of robots to the our dimension. I know it's a little confusing. It all makes sense. Just watch it, believe me. And uh, some Lego movie shenanigans goes down. They use all their l- inventions to defeat the robots, and everything's happily ever after. The end. Thank you for listening to Narrative Calculus, the podcast. <laughs> okay, we're not, well, we're not ending, we're not done. Don't worry. So let's start off with the characters, the characters you all know and love. Um, Phineas seems like a good place to start. What are we thinking, Ty? Good, um, bad, ugly. The good, the bad, the ugly. Boring. Boring. Yes, I knew you would say that though. I was when I <laughs> when I was watching this movie. I knew you would not like the characters. And so, um, uh, because I am d- d- dutifully obligated to, uh, um, absolutely destroy any argument you have against dutifully my Dutifully
0: obligated. I appreciate the redundancy, my friend. <laughs>
1: <laughs> dutifully obligated. So, um, to absolutely destroy any arguments you have that, um, in any way, shape, or form conflict my own opinion, I have something to say to you, good sir. Yes? This, this um... TV movie, um, I don't really know what you call it. I think that's a good description. TV movie is not meant to change the characters we know and love. It was meant, indeed, to celebrate the characters we know and love.
0: Okay, that's boring. Are we done here?
1: No. What I'm saying, though, is that they weren't meant- Look, we can talk all
0: we want about the purpose of why they wanted to make characters that way, and I have a feeling this debate debate is going to last a lot longer than this episode, but Mm -hmm. the reason why character growth is even a thing in the first place is because characters that change and become different tend to be more interesting than characters who are static and don't do anything.
1: I mean- Well, some characters do change a bit throughout. Well, I'm not really sure if it counts as a character arc, but there are lessons learned, I should say. Mm. Such as Candace learning to embrace her childhood a little bit no, longer. No, I actually Phineas agree. There Ferb. is a
0: character arc. My problem the, is that most of the characters' character arcs are very poorly done.
1: Yeah, um, Phineas um, getting over his um, squabble with Perry, his little... Um, his anger against him or whatever, but even, but realizing that he still loves him as his pet, and, um, yeah, I guess that's all I can think of at the moment. There are a couple, not all that many, but, yeah, so, I guess the characters weren't super interesting. Um, Ferb, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> Perry, <laughs> Perry, um, there, there's Perry. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Doofenshmirtz.
0: I thought Dr. Dufenschmerz was one of the more interesting characters. I'm about to get a little bit uh, philosophical here, so... Um, stop. Oh, no. Go ahead and just skip ahead if you don't like um. Turn morality. back now. <laughs> <laughs> we tend to try to distance ourselves from horrible monster psychopaths and pretend like we're totally different. Like, we could never become anything like them right and one of the ways filmmakers try to capitalize them is they capitalize on this is they create like relatable villains who you could imagine yourself becoming something that I like about Dupin Schmertz is that his backstory there's no horrible over-the-top nonsense that turned him into a villain there's no intense backstory he's just a horrible person who carried over his childhood anger over losing a toy train. Choo-choo. Yeah. Into (laughs) his adult life, causing untold (laughs) pain and suffering to those around him. Hmm. And I think there's something very psychologically significant there. Yeah. Does that really
1: happen? Huh? Does childhood anger and trauma really translate to adult life, Ty?
0: I think that's what causes him to become the way he does. Yeah, he's basically know, he's basically a the... grown-up child screaming about Yeah. trying But this
1: is this is a movie. I'm talking about real life just for a second.
0: In real life, I yeah. think there are a lot of cases where maybe not on the scale of dictators, but certainly on the scale <laughs> of, you know, man babies who can't who can't learn how to grow up and become adults and as such they cause tons of pain to their relatives, to those who who they burden with their problems and everything else, right? Doof just takes yeah. it to the next level by being proactive in causing pain and suffering, you know? Yes. <laughs> so, the first Schmerz with the over-the-top backstory, in fact, is not the most evil one, and I think it's because he has the actually tragic backstory where he's raised by ocelots and his parents yeah. didn't arrive for his own birth. Right? Like it's funny, but it, I think it's also interesting that they went that route, that the incompetent friendly one was the one who went through the most amount of suffering, who went through the most amount of pain. And I think that yeah. shows something about how like and pain yep, doesn't have things.
1: Huh? Hand me up, girls' clothing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I think that says something about how yeah suffering doesn't have to turn you into a monster. You know
1: yeah. Like by the way, won't
0: necessarily turn you into a saint. But Dupe is mm-hmm. not a horrible monster. And throughout the show, yeah. like he clearly shows that he's actually a decent human being underneath all of his you know craziness. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So I just realized that um for someone who may not have seen this movie, why don't we? Quickly, for each of the characters, to explain kind of who they are. You know, not necessarily their change, but kind of a couple of their character traits. We didn't, we didn't really talk about that. So, Ferb, do you want? Do you want to talk about Ferb? or should I? Uh, you go ahead. I have no, no, the show Phineas. A while, oh, so. Phineas. I was, I was, I was gonna say Phineas. Okay. So, um, Phineas is kind of this. He's kind of this. Um, not not really angel, but he's kind of like this perfect figure, and just about, and like the whole show, he's kind of like the representation of what they're trying to present as, like, the perfect child with the perfect summer vacation and the perfect pet and the perfect family. He just has, like, this kind of bubble around him that kind of elevates him above the other characters. Um, I mean, that's the way I see it. I enjoy his character. It doesn't mean he's necessarily, like, try- he's, he isn't trying to be better. He just is better than everyone else. If wow, that, that sounds so <laughs> condescending. Jeez Louise. <laughs> and um Ferb is his is his brother, who's kinda um he he he's somewhat on the same level as Phineas, but he's he's definitely more introverted, more to himself, but that kinda presents this like mysteriousness to his character. Where it's kinda like, um, uh, I'm thinking that uh, there's something about, like, if you don't know what something is, it makes it scarier than if you, you, you know that? Fear of Look, the unknown. Yeah, yeah, fear of the unknown. How kind of like if you, you know, you like, I, 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 can't, I can't think of any super great examples at the moment, but he kind of has this, like, unknown quality about him that he he could be, like, like you know, like, yeah, I... Okay, can you just cut this out? I'm having hearts. I'm explaining Ferb. Did you get what I'm saying, though? You talk. I
0: don't think he's particularly scary. He's just supposed to be a contrast no. between the outgoing energetic Ferb.
1: Or yeah, the no, outgoing
0: not, energetic Phineas.
1: I'm not saying he's scary, but I'm saying... He's there's... mysterious. No, I'm saying, okay, there's a lot under the iceberg for him. You can tell with um, Ferb's character, you can tell he's more introverted, but... You see the little tip of the iceberg, but there definitely is a lot more underneath. I think is a good way of putting it. In my opinion. Okay. Um Perry, Perry the Platypus, is basically just the pet to these two boys. Um, in one side of his ego. what do you call that? The double 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 life? Yeah, the double life, sorry. I just um and a, and in his other one, he has this really, really great relationship with Dr. Doofenshmirtz. I think their relationship is one of my favorite parts of the show and this movie and overall, especially Dr. Doofenshmirtz's part. Like, the way that they're, like, like, they're the ultimate version of Frenemies, you know? I mean, they're the ultimate representation of what Frenemies are. Would you agree with that?
0: I'm not sure if they're the ultimate, but they're a really good example, yeah?
1: Yeah, where they kind of... You can see that they do have I don't know this this kinship with each other. I don't I don't know what to call it. I don't know if that's a good word. Despite or not, being but,
0: enemies, they've gotten to know each other extremely well. Yeah, like almost like brother levels. They they know each. They've yes. been there through the absolute worst times of each other's life.
1: You know. Yeah, and the and and the and the just mundane times, like in the 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 very first episode uh, or second episode, I think, where. Perry helps him set up for his daughter's Vanessa's birthday. I'm talking about the show here, folks. Just a second, but their relationship—if you check out the show and this movie—is really just. I applaud the writers for it. I just love it.
0: I don't think the and, movie did a good job of showing that relationship, though.
1: Well, I know, but it had a it had a lot to juggle with the other duvendschmertz, you know. I mean, True. I get. I think. I think what they were thinking is we. You know, this is this movie's mainly for the people who are who already seen the show, so this is more like just expanding on that. I feel I didn't feel that they needed to do anything with the characters they already established. Um the one character that I thought was oh before we go to that let's Candace. Candace I I really liked her character in her in the second dimension. The second dimension Candace I think is definitely just such a good representation of what of what Candace should be like, you know? And, like, um, in the movie, when the real Candace was talking about the mysterious force, I was thinking that the, the second dimension Candace would be the one who's, like, always oh, protecting the, the brothers from getting busted. Phineas and her from getting busted from herself. I was really thinking that's what it was going to be, but I guess not. But um, her trying to protect her brothers from everything, and her kind of regretting a little bit, but also um, happy that her brothers. Um, don't have to go through the hardships she had to to grow up so fast in this cynical, chaotic kind of, I don't know, dictatorship kind of world. So I I feel like they really did a good job showing, like, I don't know, I just feel like she was the best second dimension character out of any of them, even more than Dr. Doofenshmirtz. Uh.
0: On a fundamental level, I agree with you, but my problem with pretty much all of their characters is I feel they really didn't have enough time to properly flesh them out. Do you.
1: you do you mean with all the Second Dimension characters? Or with all, all of all the them in general,
0: really. I mean. Like, all of their issues are really, really quickly summarized in the first act as fast as possible. Then they're dumped into the second act, and then quickly as fast as possible. Like, Candace, overnight, she the second dimension Candace, like, almost overnight, it's... The, these are the hard choices, people. We gotta. I. I need to protect my brothers. And then, oh, suddenly out of nowhere, she. She flips her. She flips yeah. upside down well, and becomes a decent person. Mm-hmm. And we have no idea what the impetus for her change is. Like, what causes yeah. this sudden, I, this total I thi- I reversal?
1: Think you, I think you are right, though, about it being um, the um, the runtime. I think the runtime probably played a large factor into that. If they that, had an yeah. extra
0: hour, I think this would be a lot better than it was. But as it is, yeah. there I feel like all Phineas. Uh, okay, so we're basically just discussing yeah, whatever. Um so like Phineas, right? We're not really given I I can't I don't understand his character arc. I actually just don't understand his character arc. Maybe you could explain it to me. Like
1: did, did I just confusing. miss a huge I don't, thing? Well, he d- he just kind of learns to not to I mean the the way I saw it he just kind of learns to not be angry at Perry. and that he was just trying to protect him because he wanted to be with the boys as their pet, even though he it be it, because he couldn't tell him that they were a spy. That's that's I, th- I think the only thing. All right, so, my problem
0: yeah. with that is that that issue should have been should have shown up. Actually, no. Hold on. Yeah, again, it essentially comes down to just feeling incredibly rushed. Like, again, yeah. just over, like, it it skips so quickly from them talking about Summer to the second dimension Phineas and Ferbs, to him, to Perry walking into the distance, sadly, and then Phineas's attitude changes overnight, again, without any real... Impetus or motivation for changing, like why does he suddenly change? Who knows? You know, uh, he just he just arrived to the conclusion on yeah. his own, and that feels really unsatisfying for me, and it feels really
1: forced. Well, the, the, there is the part where the where Major Monogram says, like, it, you, you know, like now you're uh, you're never you're never gonna see the boys again, to Perry, because he knows your secret identity. So I I think that's the I think that is that impetus as you would. Say, to um, Phineas being more sympathetic to Perry uh, for not revealing his secret. Okay,
0: I get that from a logical standpoint, but from an emotional invested standpoint, like that—that's not emotionally satisfying at all. That's not some huge climax. That's just, uh, yeah. That's just hearing a conversation and changing your opinion. Like that's not—that's not huge. That's not. There's no climax there. It's just boom done.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I definitely get what you're saying with that. But again, I think it just comes down to the runtime.
0: Yeah. But I mean yeah, I actually agree with that. Yeah, obviously the, the it could have been so this... much better if the runtime had been extended out longer and they had had proper time to flesh things out and give them the proper beats that the characters deserved, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess we'll just blame it on the runtime because the show really does have good at, good good writers. Oh, you know? no, no,
0: no, 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 Writers are not exempt here. How hard do you think with the success of the show, how hard do you think it would have been to petition the executives or whatever to give them another hour? Come on.
1: That's a different Come thing, though. On. That's a different thing than not. Than, than, it's not like they did a bad job writing. It's just maybe they weren't the most, you know.
0: Okay, whoever's responsible. The, the, okay, but you can't deny this. Whoever was responsible for Phineas changing his ways because of ma- because of hearing a conversation with Major Monogram should be fired. I mean, like it's a really, really dumb, poor climax.
1: Wow, harsh.
0: It's a really bad climax, and it's totally disrespectful towards the characters.
1: Okay, but um, so so no other no other characters. I'm trying to think. I don't think there's yeah, I think that's it. No more.
0: For major characters anyway.
1: Yeah. So now I guess let's go on to the plot. Okay. Um this plot, obviously it's not it's not it's not a time travel plot, but I can see a lot of the same pitfalls happening with the dimension thing, you know, like a lot of times where like the movie could have had plot holes here and there, like, you know the you know the classic oh, why didn't they just do this? Or they could have just done that, you know, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't fall into any of those. It is very tight. I even I so when I was thinking of this, I was trying, I was like racking my brain trying to think, okay, what could they have done better in their in their, you know, in their plot to get home, their plan to get home. And I thought I came up with something. I can't remember specifically what it was, but I came up with something. And then I realized that the movie did fix that problem, and so the movie outsmarted me. That's how good it was. <laughs> Not that that's a huge feat, but it did do that so how how did you feel about that tie about all the dimension skipping and whatnot?
0: I mean it was a nice little it was a nice little tool, I guess it wasn't used poorly, so I can't
1: really no i mean i mean like as is, is there any like plot holes or anything that you see? That, that, you know, the, what they could have done differently that would have made it better, it would have made sense.
0: Alright. Yeah, I didn't really notice any plot holes, I mean, none that really bothered me anyway, none of the blatant stuff, you know, like, Admiral Holdo crashing her ship into the, crashing her ship.
1: (laughs) 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 Wait, so, what's, what, why, why do you think that's a plot hole? Just to be clear to the audience.
0: Well, if we could use light speed, travel, light speed travel in order to crash into ships, why on earth is anything in the show even a thing at all? I mean, like, the best way to wage warfare would be through light speed missiles it makes no sense outside Cool. the, the world okay. Lightspeed has been around for literally hundreds of thousands of years and nobody except this random purple haired admiral woman nobody else was able to think of it it's like what
1: yeah yeah okay yep definitely makes sense by the way I said for the audience but it really meant for me because you didn't know what you were talking about <laughs> Ah. okay <laughs> So, um. So, I, just I wanted know. to talk
0: about some of how they used some common tropes and, like, yeah, some common yeah, sure. narrative tropes and subverted them. So, I feel one thing it played off of very well was the whole dimension jumping aspect and how they used the second dimension selves. I thought that was very clever, actually. I rarely see the second dimension trope used so just just competently like in general i'm not Mm -hmm. gonna say it's it was used amazingly or in a way i've never seen before but like there were no it never felt forced it felt like the second dimension characters were their own characters but they also complemented each other you know they they still complemented the original whereas i feel like in a lot of other second dimension stuff they feel almost like just extensions of the original right
1: yeah you know what i mean like they're yes, not in, I mean.
0: they're not truly independent characters they're just they're just like um dragged out of the first character and forced into the second yeah. second dimension so i thought that the trope use there was very well done
1: one one thing that i have written down here that i wanted to talk to you about now that we're on plot was how do you feel about it starting off with a scene in the middle of the film it's kind of a middle log what do you call that? Not a prologue, but uh.
0: um sp- starting in the middle. Yeah, that's actually a common trope in like books and stuff though I see it mm-hmm. less used in movies. What's it called? Um, in medias res, in medias res. It's a very old technique. Okay. I thought I thought how they subverted it was actually really clever. Like um uh, you know you usually when you use in media res, right? Like uh, mm-hmm. your uh, when they finally come to the scene in the middle, there's just a bunch yeah, of build but... up, blah blah blah. But they used it in a very funny manner where it was this uh, where they said things totally uh, uh, some random stuff and then Ferb was like, whoa, deja vu ish. I
1: mean, <laughs> yeah, 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 very very, like, meta, like, very meta, very yeah, meta. Yeah, yeah, and um, Phineas, he said. Um, I'm, i um, to be honest, Rob. I'm having a hard time putting a positive spin on things. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> he actually says yada, yada, yada in there, which I thought was pretty funny because, you know, he is. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Definitely how they were taught, how they said like how things changed, and I'm just wondering. Do you feel any way particularly about that though? Like, did you really like it or not? Because I know you really dislike prologues well except in the lord of the rings do you feel any of those same emotions here
0: no because they're still getting us to focus on the right characters in this it and it's okay. really only meant to be a short hook
1: not even really a prologue so wait a minute though wait a minute though lord of the rings doesn't focus on the main characters in the prologue true so 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 why did you like that one then? It wasn't any different than the Prince of Egypt, and it wasn't even focusing on the same characters, which is what you also said about Prince of Egypt Ah, prologue.
0: ah, ah. Prince, Prince of Egypt folk made me focus on the wrong characters. Lord of the I Rings. I did the
1: Lord of the Rings.
0: No. Lord of the Rings. I never cared about any of the characters in the prologue. The only reason the prologue was there was to impart essential information. It didn't force me to care about characters who were not essential to the story, which Prince of Egypt did.
1: Fair, fair. Okay, I will continue. <laughs> I will continue. I, I will continue to hack away at that argument until I win. So.
0: You you keep on you keep on trying that, buddy.
1: I'm sure that. Yep, I will. I I will I win someday, someday, someday I shall be victorious. Hundredth episode, guys. Hundredth episode. <laughs> yep, I will finally debunk Ty's theories and feelings on prologues so sure watch out for that keep keep listening (laughs) um i did feel that the movie was it wasn't spectacularly paced really you know what i mean yeah i i did feel like it kept you active during the whole thing but there were there were parts where I just started to tune out here and there you know what I mean I was just kind of like oh, yeah for me it just felt like same same like you know
0: I thought the pacing was actually really well done I was always mm-hmm. it was one disaster after the after another it hit the competency yeah. mark for me I give it a solid B you know in terms of pacing my problem was that um the act they basically threw the three act structure out the window and burned it in a fire and it shows in how emotionally invested you get to the characters, and it just feels off.
1: Can you elaborate that on more with 3 X story structure?
0: All right. You want me to, like, explain the bare basics, or I mean just go straight into detail about what I
1: mean? I just want to know what you mean. Ah, okay. About how how it burns it.
0: Well, the main... If you... I'm 90% sure if you took a timer to the movie you would notice that that the pl- that the first act plot point happens way way too early and that's part of why the characters are again so poorly fleshed out cuz they didn't spend enough time in the first act you know getting really in detail now i do kind of understand why they did that cuz as jonathan already pointed out this is really supposed to be fan service it's celebrating the characters um yes. i don't buy into that argument I'll, i i uh, i hate endgame so that that already tells you all I, all you need to know about my position on that <laughs> going more into detail about the second and third act I, fu- I thought the second act was probably the most fleshed out but again it feels really short and I haven't taken a timer to this but I'm pretty sure if you took a timer the part where they oh darn no there's no actual midpoint there's no midpoint in this story I just realized that. There's no turning... There's no midpoint.
1: Yeah, there is. Where? When they're in the second dimension. The first part is when they're like... The first part ends when they are when they get into the second dimension. And then the second dimension No, that's parts the, first are the act. middle part.
0: That's the first act. The, the, first, whole, act, the-, the first act... The first act, to second act, represents the normal world moving to the unusual world. Mm-hmm. So, where do you think they move from normal world to unusual world?
1: When they get into the second dimension.
0: So, that would make it first act to second act? Yes. So, it's the first act plot point, not the midpoint.
1: Wait, what? I, I, don't, I don't get what you're saying. I Like, like isn't, doesn't the first act end when they go into the second dimension?
0: Yes, the first act ends when they go into the second dimension.
1: Okay, and then the second act is everything that happens in the second dimension. And then the third act, the ending, is what happens when they get back from the second dimension.
0: Not necessarily, but... Yeah, the, so? the, the plot points are, like, thrown all over the place. So, midpoint is when the characters start to come to terms... Uh, no, I don't want to go, go to that level. Um... But getting back on topic,
1: so what do you mean? You're telling about the hmm? we're on topic. Okay, okay. I, uh, I I want you to explain about the the three X story structure. How it, how it? I still don't get what you're saying.
0: The it doesn't have it doesn't well it it has midpoints. It has a midpoint and it has a third plot point, but they're really really weak midpoints, and that's my problem. Like um, what what is the midpoint of the story? What what it, if you took a timer to it? And put the midpoint in the middle. What would the midpoint be when they're getting tossed
1: off of the? I think everything up until they're getting tossed into the lava thing, and then from there, because that's that's about when they go dimension skipping back into their dimension. And so I think that would that that would be classified as the end of the second act. I think every all the stuff that they do, uh, like the hey Perry, we came to rescue you. Obviously, it's yeah, it's it's not going as hoped. Well, like like everything that happened in that that part when they're trying to save Perry and get him back in, into their dimension, I think that's the second act, and everything that happened after they were about to be thrown into the lava and go um, dimension skipping is the third act. Hmm. So where's well, the I midpoint then? What, everything that happened in the second dimension's the midpoint. That's not the midpoint. Is a specific scene or
0: two. Oh. Like I could see the third plot point. You know, second act to third act being the... I could see that being when Perry tells, uh or when Phineas tells Perry to trust him. I could see that being the third plot point. But I'm talking about the specific midpoint scene. I mean, this is the oh. most important scene in the entire movie. You look up James Scott Bell, and he thinks it is the most important scene in Who's any James TV Scott show Bell? In any TV show, book, movie, whatever. The midpoint is who's, the who, most important part of the, your story. And like, that? when that? Hmm? Who's James Scott Bell? He's a noted story theorist who's done a... a he's written a fair amount of really good books. But in particular, okay, he's a okay. well-known story theorist. Okay. And I don't agree with him 100%, but, I mean, the... Re- the points that he brings up are pretty valid the midpoint for from a more pacing perspective it helps keep the characters it helps keeps us on the edge of our seat during the slog of the second act it's Mm -hmm. it's important for the characters because it starts defining when they're going to start changing I mean it's a really really essential scene and like I'm trying to think through my memory here but I can't remember a really strong midpoint scene
1: yeah, yeah. I I definitely see where you're coming from with that. Um I di- I didn't I can't remember any either. I can't I can't think of anything. Like um, I
0: mean like let's see here. So pff. Hold on. Let I me think just uh wh- one second. Th- I'm looking up something. Hold on. All right, so already, like, I can—I'm I, I I'm checking right here, and, I, and reading through the description, I can immediately identify the midpoint of Fellowship of the Ring, right? It's when Frodo wakes up in Rivendell, and they decide to go carry the ring to Mordor. Like, that's a strong yeah. midpoint, because it immediately mm-hmm. flips everything upside down, and it, it defines what the characters are going to be doing for the rest of the movie— and it helps set everything up, right? That's a really strong midpoint. So, do you remember a scene like that in Phineas and Ferb? Was there any?
1: I don't. No. Yeah, it's. Yeah. It, yeah, you. Yeah, you're right about that. Like,
0: I can understand when someone, if you really believe that your story would be better without the three act structure, but for this, I feel like it only hurts. Like, the whole reason the the three act structure works so well is because. It's not because it's inherently good, but because we've gotten used to it. Because it's such a pervasive thing that works underneath all stories. Like, And so as such, we've gotten used to it. We've gotten used to the beats of midpoint, first plot point, third plot point. And when your story doesn't follow that, like, I have to say your odds of it being the pacing, it's going to really go down really fast.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't think it brings down the movie for me at all. I mean obviously for you it does, but the way I experienced it, it did have some slow parts in it. I felt some parts where I did tune out, but I don't think that had anything to do with the with the way it was structured at all. I do. <laughs> I think it was I think there were just some scenes that I feel could be cut out, but the structure for me I don't I don't think Hindered that experience or caused it at all.
0: The question is: Are those scenes a result of the poor structure? Though
1: I don't know, because like I'm thinking, all the parts where they're do where they with the um the the resistance, you know, when they're with Isabella and the fireside girls, and they're going to try to get Perry back. I mean. During that whole part, I just kind of tuned out. I just didn't feel very engaged because, you know, I had already seen. I guess this is why I had already seen what was going to happen in the midpoint. I knew that they were they were all going to get captured. And so I was just kind of waiting on that. So I feel like the middle chunk didn't really didn't really feel like it mattered a whole lot because I already knew what was going to happen. And I was just waiting for that to happen. So there wasn't really anything, any stakes or anything like that. You know what I mean?
0: I disagree. A good story is able to keep you on the edge of your seat, even if you've already watched it. But I mean, maybe that's just me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, mm. yeah, I don't. Yeah. I disagree. I think that, well, it ultimately that that comes middle, down to whatever
0: it comes down to personal preference in that case. So not yeah. something worth uh, debating over. Uh
1: so is there anything else that you felt was relevant about the plot that we should talk about? I think we have covered spread anything. I don't have anything.
0: Yeah, I got nothing.
1: Yeah, I guess that's it for me. So, the themes of the movie. Okay. I did feel that there was a lack of an overarching theme throughout the movie. Would you agree?
0: Yeah, but that's that's starting but, to become par for the course at this point.
1: But the same was true for The Lord of the Rings. That's
0: what I'm saying. Like and
1: I, what, what what'd you say?
0: That's what I'm saying. Like This is starting to become the norm. It seems like most people aren't willing to invest in a decent
1: overarching theme. Yeah. But I do feel the same way I do about Lord of the Rings in that It has smaller themes that go over specific characters such as candace learning the value of protecting her little brothers and learning to cherish them and not try to you know and just enjoy what she has in her childhood and like that i especially like the um goodbye folly of childhood hello on, a, on adult life yeah good yeah, luck, good with, luck that. with that <laughs> 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 and um phineas learning uh we, we we spoke about this but phineas learning to um well perry learning to trust phineas and phineas learning that perry just really does care about them and because of that he wasn't willing to tell them his secret and um and with Perry trusting them again to be able to give them the locket to unlock his computer and show him, show them all the inventions, which I thought was really clever. I really like that point. It's just the ultimate way to celebrate everything they've done over the summer, to have all their inventions come out like that once. Like, I don't know, but I just, like, I just felt re- really emotional when that happened. Did you? Uh, no. No. Yeah, well, and you're cold and heartless. But that's okay, or you're just not a super huge fan of so
0: Nah, I'm cold and heartless,
1: it's okay. Okay, but back on topic, because I feel like we just veered way off there. I don't even remember what we were talking about. We are talking like... Themes. I think that's every Themes, okay, okay.
0: Um, You said you didn't think there were any overarching themes, and you yeah, were yeah, liked yeah, yeah, about yeah. how Candace, the thing about Candace and adult life yeah, and yeah, all that. yeah, yeah.
1: I think those are the only two, though. Could you? I don't. Um. Uh, and I suppose. I, I suppose there were lessons. Sorry. Continue. Yeah. No, you do no, You can go.
0: I suppose there was the the stuff about uh, Dupin Schmertz and how evil is born, but I mean, like, uh, mm. you would have to be reading way too deep into it to really define that feel as like an that's, actual theme. I
1: feel. I feel like that's more like a lesson learned, though, as opposed to a theme. You know.
0: I don't know. I think that is that is a... No, That I'm not talking about... I didn't like, feel like that I'm not was ta- as big as a theme. I'm not talking about him getting the choo-choo and, you know, that being that. I'm talking about the overarching theme of, you know... Well, I say overarching. The theme of how evil is born even when you, evil is born, especially under not necessarily this horrible backstory, but it's born out of a... Uh, really just childishness
1: yeah I think I think that's it for the themes I couldn't I didn't they didn't detect anything else the movie was emotional though to a Phineas and Ferb fan such as myself there were quite a few touching moments for me especially like when the um I, I, I liked when Love Handle came out and said, "Hey, what we, what can we do? Musical accompaniment, and like, it, like it's just robot know, it was,
0: riot, yeah,
1: robot. Yeah. Like your sister was uh, was a washing machine. This is a robot riot. Like, um, I, I there were a lot of clever callbacks to the previous episodes with all the machines and, um, on that note, that um overall the scene." Where there I talked to Ty a little about, bit about this. I think he thinks I'm crazy though. He doesn't believe me. Whatever. <laughs> the um, I'll just call it the Lego movie theme. The the Lego movie scene.
0: Ah yes,
1: yes, yes. So um, Ty does not agree with me. I don't really care. But I know I'm a very I'm a very um um. I believe conspiracies. I'm very susceptible. So, so, how do you say that? How do you say that word?
0: You you can't say that word. It's copyrighted by the Illuminati.
1: Oh, my bad.
0: Don't you know? Um, I mean like they're controlling everything, man, even the language, bro.
1: Yeah. Well, the one thing the 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 one um about the the LEGO movie scene. Okay, back on track. I saw a lot of similarities, not only throughout this, uh, not not only during during one scene in the at the end of the movie, I saw a lot of similarities um, to the Lego movie, such as citizens um, using crazy inventions built by the citizens themselves to defeat an army of blue, black, and red robots controlled by an evil overlord. That seemed pretty similar to the Lego Movie to me. As well as even just some of the more subtle stuff, like the way that they came out of the portal was very similar to Micro Managers. The news report, uh, the news reporter humor, and the citizens' humor that they have, like like, it's like what he's like. I know it's a comb over. I really should shave it. Like that was very um similar to lego movie humor in that regard to the citizens the news reporter humor like there are robots fail robots and the... <laughs> um and even the the monotonous voice i don't know if that's the right word but the kind of the kind of like no 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 like the voices that the managers have and that the robots have are pretty similar um and I don't know. I them, don't think I remember the micromanagers
0: through... saying anything about making people
1: omelets. No, I mean they're just kind of they're kind of voice pattern. They're kind of just like. It just sounds like it to me. They just were higher, the micromanagers were. Um, the villain was defeated with emotion, like the choo choo and the little speech at the end of the Lego Movie. The robots are defeated the, uh, pretty much the same way. And the um the skipping through the different dimensions, I saw was pretty similar to how the Lego movie had all those different worlds that the, like the um, the knights and castles world, the Cloud Cuckoo Land, the Speed Racer and friends, and all that, all those different the pirates, and I guess I guess that's everything, but I did I did when you watch it, (laughs) I think you may you may pick up what I actually didn't notice it at all. At all, I think. Yeah, I, I think know. It, it is, may just be me. It may just be you. me, but it's totally you. I did. Well, I don't know. I guess we'll let the viewers decide.
0: <laughs> we um, still so need to get a social media so we can actually ask them the stuff,
1: and we'll yeah. have them respond. So I guess that I guess that counted for the visuals then, didn't it? Pretty much. The um, I thought it was funny that the um, the joke the um in Fabulous Two D. <laughs> Did you notice that? 2D is a lot better than
0: 3D. Well, not always. I am a hardcore traditional animation fan.
1: What about Pixar, though, and DreamWorks?
0: I think they would have been better if they were animated
1: in 2D. No, they wouldn't. That's part of it. They pioneered, well, Pixar at least, pioneered 3D. Okay.
0: It would have been better if they made it in 2D.
1: Toy Story would not be better in two D. It absolutely would. Like two D would increase it my wouldn't.
0: the story by like two hundred percent. It would not, man.
1: Nope.
0: Okay, getting nope. back on topic. <laughs> oh, nope. I don't know why I feel the need. Eyes to... crazy. <laughs> they they don't called him, him who <laughs> told the truth crazy, but he was telling <laughs> the truth. Um, getting back on topic. So. The music was actually
1: really good, by the way. The music. Oh, the music. I love the music. I even sent out one of the songs to all my friends just to celebrate summer. Um, I'll, I'll sing a bar of it if Ty doesn't mind and Disney doesn't mind. No. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I won't. I don't. That's fine. Um, the songs, like, Everything's Better With Perry. Was uh it's it's just so it's just so fun to see the little relationship with Perry and it's, it's so better. little and touching and um the brand new best friend. Um Dr. Dufenschmerz found a brand new best friend. Um Summer, where do we begin? I actually that was my least favorite. Dude, that was your least favorite? Yeah. That was the best one. What? Yeah. No. What was the best one in your eyes?
0: Okay. It was either it was either it's better with Perry or now I know.
1: Dude, <laughs> come on. No, seriously. No. I thought I Dude, thought these- if we get sued for that, that's on you, man.
0: I'll just I'll uh, OK. What I was referring to, I probably just cut this out in editing. But what song I was referring to was the one where Doopenshmirtz was uh, singing with alternate yeah. universe Doopenshmirtz.
1: And there's brand new reality exactly that was pretty good
0: exactly but um, i found Robot the... riot nah
1: you didn't like that i like robot riot
0: i mean it's okay but again out of all of them my least favorite is it's summer it just sounds so stereotypical and you know overly cheerful and
1: just it's so dumb. wonderful just so dumb it's just so wonderful. How to on earth didn't the, it.
0: how didn't how on earth didn't the norm bots pick up on the lu- loud amounts of sound coming from the house?
1: What do you mean? I mean, they're just making noise in their house. What would they even have done about it?
0: Well, Linda seemed how, pretty how,
1: worried. How how would they have known it was Phineas and Ferb anyway? Uh, they didn't know that Phineas and Ferb went back to their own house. For all they know, they're out in the streets no, in a garbage can. They,
0: no, it's, a, it's an Orwellian totalitarian state, man. They, they have cameras everywhere. The bots are patrolling the streets regularly. We saw that when they got caught. That's what I'm saying. I know, but not in people's were, houses. If those bots were outside of that, those guys' houses, they would have heard a bunch of people making a racket, and that's illegal in Doofenshmirtz land, remember?
1: I don't remember anyone ever saying loud noises are illegal. That never happened.
0: The only time when? we're allowed to make noise is on Dupin's Day.
1: When? Oh, okay. Who said that? Candace.
0: When? When the. When they're talking to each other. When the second dimension is oh, talking. Oh, you're
1: originals. right. You're right. I forgot about that. Yeah, Ty's right. Ty's right about that.
0: <laughs>
1: <You got something laughs> right for. You, you got it right for once, Ty. Ah, for the satisfaction. Time the satisfaction nice job you know me telling you nice job kind of reduces the specialness because now i'm not i'm still not angry at you if i was more angry at you and resentful it would have been more juicy for you if you were
0: if you were angry and resentful that
1: would make me sad (laughs) (laughs) anger and resentfulness make the victory more sweet and so the fact that i'm happy for you makes it more bitter no I'm, <laughs> I'm if you're happy if you're happy
0: if you're happy i'm happy man it's all good That's uh good getting getting back on topic so i think the next thing we should talk about is the comedy oh yes the good comedy good. holy cow I did not, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spoil you guys, I thought this movie was, so many
1: times during this movie. I thought
0: this movie was
1: okay, at best,
0: right? Like, I mean, there were so many issues and problems with the characters and with the plot, It it was a very meh movie, I mean, honestly, I might have, I would even rank it lower if I didn't like Phineas and Ferb, but I do, so, but, well, actually, if if it wasn't for the jokes and for the music and some of that other stuff, this would probably I would already be giving it a four out of ten, like I would tell you right now. But the jokes, but it's like, it's it's
1: like the perfect Phineas and Ferb movie.
0: So, if that's the perfect one, I don't think I want to watch any other Phineas and Ferb movies.
1: Uh... I mean, I mean, like, I mean, like, it's not the best movie, but it definitely is like. It's a good. Fit. It's a good movie about the characters that we. Know I and much love prefer already.
0: the end of summer special. Actually,
1: I think that one is much better than this. Oh, you you mean the ending of the show altogether? Yeah. That was only like a couple minutes though.
0: What? No, I'm talking about the whole where they slingshot around the world.
1: Huh. You don't remember that? No, I don't think I've seen that. I've been watching it in order. That was the best. I've been rewatching I, it in order.
0: That that was my favorite part of the entire show. That those uh, the that whole thing, it was really good and it developed the characters really well. But getting back on topic, the comedy, holy guacamole! And it's <laughs> it, it was so consistently funny and just so. I am a woman of science. At least that's what my horoscope said. <laughs> I mean, like what? What? It, and it and it's constant. It, it is so yeah.
1: And like the um Perry, we uh we oh well we came to rescue. You, so so far it's not going as well as we hoped. <laughs> we didn't have a lot of time to you know plan something elaborate. I guess we could have created some sort of diversion just in case. <sighs> yeah. We could have thought this out more. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really funny. Uh, Barry, and, yeah, no, no, Perry using major monogram in the shower. <laughs> uh, to that, get that's away. toilet
0: humor, man. That's toilet humor. It's not. Oh, come on! It's not it was so
1: good. It was so good. That was so clever. That I, was like one of the most clever jokes they what, possibly what could have done. What shocked
0: me personally was the amounts, the amount of niche jokes that they went for. Like, I mean, like. Y- you... Uh, what was that line? I I need to go... I need to figure out how to do XYZ with the Mysterious Force. Or, no, where I need to find out where my brothers are. They're trapped inside oh, yeah. the Mysterious Force or something like that. Well, and why don't you just go ask it? it? Ker- Kirky... Oh, Kierkegaard? <laughs> I mean, like... Why are There's they the... existentialist philosopher? I mean, that's
1: funny. That's really funny. Well, I, I, I love the... Um... The 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 ones like, yeah, I, I bit you I built you a shrine. It's nice. But please bring back Candace. Oh hey Stacy, and I also want a car. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, fix the machine. No. Fix the machine. No. Alright, you forced my hand. Fix,
0: fix the, the machine. Hand.
1: No. Really? I I I did a I did everything a puppet wanted when I was a kid. And then the and then the um How old does, do you think would, we are? But, but the, the one part where he says, "Why would we do something that cause that would cause our own self destruction?" felt a little forced, if we're being honest. Exactly, but it is comedy. a little bit. I know, I know, but if we're being honest, I did feel that was a little bit forced. Two words, lava.
0: <laughs> yeah, I uh, um, There's this thing called there's this thing called syllables, and then there are these <laughs> yeah. things called. Words. Yeah. Um. I would advise you to take a basic grammar <laughs> class in case you're still confused about this.
1: And then, and then the um love handle. Oh, great. Albuquerque, ninety three, all over again. Where did the robots go?
0: Yeah, I, I, I laughed a little bit. Uh, I laughed pretty hard at that one. Yeah. Like,
1: yeah. Uh, and then, and so then, they've um, apparently
0: been a wrote in robot attacks
1: before. I mean, good to know. Yeah. Wow, this three D is amazing. <laughs> right after she fights these robots. <laughs> the girl is about to
0: kiss the guy after the cliche misunderstanding right after she fights the robots
1: <laughs> wow this dude is amazing and then there's the um the oh the, the, I, I i wrote this down in my notes there was this one joke that i don't remember exactly how i went but i wrote down candace says something like now this is pod racing <laughs> she said something she said something similar to that I don't remember it specifically I just wrote down Candace says now this is pot racing but she said something like that in the movie kind of similar along that same vein and I just wanted to bring that up because
0: yeah I don't know which one you're talking about
1: yeah I'd I'd have to write I didn't write it down specifically but something yeah uh... I mean yeah uh, you know Undemanding adult life.
0: (laughs) 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 I wish they had gone Um... a bit uh, harder on the niche jokes. Like there was only one more existentialist joke. Uh, Do you want to trade two Sardes for your (laughs) Nietzsche, sucker? I mean, like. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get it. It's very, it's actually very Nietzschean for him to say that. But (laughs) getting back on point.
1: Hey, what was that small noise? Let's all walk over to it. <laughs> you know, it, it, um, it
0: commented on its own formula too, which I thought was very yeah. funny. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You fight a pharmacist? Why would you even do that? <gasps> I don't want your pamphlet. All right, we should probably um, move on classic. because at this point we're literally yeah, just restating yeah. jokes. We are. We are. But that's. I mean, that's kind of fun. All right. Quick thoughts. So. Bullet thoughts. round. Yes. I, I think, I think we are, I already said everything I needed to, I don't have anything else, like, my notes are dried out.
0: I thought something that was rather clever was how they utilized the, I thought something that was really clever was the whole mysterious fort force bit. From a yeah. from a from a meta perspective, there is a mysterious force. It's called the writers who don't want the show to end, so they make yeah. things work according to. There is a mysterious force. It's very it's very meta actually.
1: I suppose there is. At first, though, I th- I thought the mysterious force was going to be the other dimension, Candace. Yeah, I... that kind of made sense in my uh, mind.
0: I don't understand why that would make sense. I don't I don't get that. Can you explain your logic to me?
1: I mean, like the other, the mysterious force was Candace in another dimension, making things happen as they will to protect her little brothers.
0: But they aren't her little brothers. Her little brothers are in the second dimension. I know.
1: Yeah, I know. It still made sense to me, though. What? All right, all
0: right. Whatever. You you have fun and make sense, land. Another thing that I thought was rather clever was the whole, um, oh, how, how, something that I thought was clever was how they, um, link together the first and third act with the whole baseball thing. It's like a seemingly irrelevant scene, but it's used to to great effect in the finale, which I thought was rather, rather clever. It's not amazingly genius, but you know, nice,
1: nice little detail. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really have nothing else to say. All right, fair
0: enough. Let's I just move on to... Enough, so I think
1: we're good. Yeah, ratings. Okay.
0: L- we should, um, I think we should start off with our full summary and Oh, yeah, or, oh yeah, I yeah mean, sorry. Opinion. I, I skipped
1: ahead. Yeah.
0: Yeah, our, our full opinion, and then we give the ratings, like,
1: afterwards. Yes. Okay, so can I start? Go ahead. So as a avid Phineas and Ferb fan, I, at first, just watching it on face value, loved this. It's the perfect movie. Like if you're just kind of bored at home and you don't want to watch a TV show, you want to watch a movie, and you're like Phineas, and you like Phineas and Ferb too. This is good for you. Like this is the per the well, I t- not the perfect, but it is a very good show for someone who understands and loves the Phineas and Ferb show. Would you disagree? If you love Phineas it's and Ferb, perfect. you'll perfect.
0: love this. It's not perfect, but if you well, like what Phineas I'm and
1: Ferb, you will appreciate. You'll this. like, yes. I, I do admit that some of the points that you brought up did bring some things to my attention. And another thing is, I I really am more of a filmmaker. Ty is really into the story theory kind of thing. I don't I do some writing, but I don't really pay attention to that part. So I mostly just film, whatever. So um, in light of some of the points that he brought up, I do think that my opinion has gone down on this movie and so c- can i rate it now or do you want to No, give your thoughts I, first? I i go first. Okay, so. okay, give you your thoughts, yeah.
0: But oh wait, Jonathan, but before you give your rating, let let me just uh, give my opinion real quick. So, overall, i thought the movie was meh. That that's pretty much how i rated it. Like uh, i felt that there were some things it did fairly well. The jokes were one, they were, it was extremely funny. The, the, when you're watching it, it'll be, it's somewhat hard to get into a critical mode. And so if you can just fade out, you'll be propelled from one point to the next and you'll enjoy it. But overall, from a purely objective standpoint, I think there are serious issues. The pacing is... The over la- overall large-scale pacing is awful, and that reflects in the characters as well, which are very poorly developed. So overall, Jonathan, you want to go first?
1: Yes. 8 out of 10.
0: For me, 6 out of 10.
1: Hmm. I do, yeah. I, yeah, that makes sense why you'd give it a 6.
0: So we'll Mostly split the difference. I just, I, seven out of ten.
1: Yeah, I did. I did feel it deserved a seven. I didn't want it to be anything under seven because I think it at least deserves that. But I do admit that some of it probably is my own love for this, for the the whole series in general, and even from that, my non my fanboy side did, I would say, influence me, maybe a hair, just a bit, but. <laughs> So I guess together, I think you the were narrative...
0: going to originally give it a rating, like something like 9 out of 10 or something.
1: I was. I was, yeah, because I just didn't see all those problems that you were telling me about. I just loved Phineas and Ferb, and I love this. Like I said, you love Phineas and Ferb, you'll love this. I was just along for the ride, man. I, I thought there were a couple things I didn't like, like I told you about, but yeah. I guess now it's an 8. I kind of feel sad, but it hurts, you know, to give my boy a 7. He deserves better. So, I guess together the Narrative Calculus podcast gives this TV movie uh, seven painful stars out of ten, or whatever metric we're using. Thank you. Good morning. Good evening. And good night. So, do you want to do the ending, or shall I? I think I'll do the end.
0: Yeah. Because uh, I did the introduction, I think I should do the ending. Thanks yeah. to all our listeners for continuing to stick by us for yet another episode. I uh, I'm gonna I know that uh, this is an unfamiliar voice if you've been regularly watching our podcast, but seriously, thanks guys. We uh, we put a lot of work into this episode or into this podcast that goes on behind the scenes, and we appreciate the fact that at least a couple of you are willing to listen to the end. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts from. Don't forget to listen to our other episodes too, though. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye bye
1: You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.